The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. So when I started the Adventure Jogger podcast, one of the things I was thinking about doing was getting into gear reviews. And so I went on to YouTube and was looking at the guys that are doing and gals that are doing it really well. Uh, And once I saw the guests that I have for you on the Adventure Jogger, I'm like, you know, there's nothing I can bring to the gear review space that has not already been done a hundred times better by my guest on this episode of the Adventure Jogger. Over 17,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, Gear reviews, as far as watches, shoes, headphones, and other things. Dave Dillon, you know him from Chase the Summit, is on the Adventure Jogger. Dave, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, man. So this is going to be kind of a a look at Dave's life. Before Chase the Summit, what (laughs) launched Chase the Summit... What life is like now, and I kind of want to, before we wrap things up, I do want to get your thoughts on gear. You know, you are kind of the gear expert and maybe have some educational value on this episode of the Adventure Jogger, but I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks. All right, start from the beginning. Dave Dillon grew up where? Uh, Bill Rickham, Massachusetts. (laughs) What, is it a big town? Is it a small town? Where, where uh, What's it near? So for, for Massachusetts locals, we call it Quincy with trees. And, uh, <laughs> so so Quincy is like a, a close nearby city near downtown Boston that isn't generally well-respected or like, <laughs> it's a little bit scary is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like if you go there at night, it can be a little questionable what's going on there. Um, so Billerica is basically that but with trees 30 minutes north of Boston. So it's a scary suburb of Boston <laughs> with trees. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so you grew up on the rough streets. Well, not really, no. I mean, it's still it's still suburbia, but, it, you know, it's just, uh, it's gotten better over the years. What are it's you, oh, perfectly fine. I was going to say, what are your thoughts on the Wahlbergs being so close to their neck of the woods? Yeah, you know, we've got their burger joints around. Um I don't know how I feel about them. They're they're cool, I guess. I you know what I hate is Mark Wahlberg's like fake Boston accent that he puts on in movies. <laughs> that really that drives me nuts. <laughs> well, I think there's probably Boston's one of those places, much like New York and New Jersey, where you know what an accent sounds like because you you grew up with it, and so you you hear that normal Boston accent, but everybody in the rest of the country has this idea of what Boston sounds like. And they, they crank it up to like 100, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, they're doing now. What are you doing there going to the yacht, eh? You know, and you're like, nobody in Boston talks like that. But everybody that's not from Boston thinks that everybody in Boston talks like that. That's totally true. Yeah. <laughs> and we have like, we have like different dialects, you know, like North, North Shore, Shore versus South Shore versus, versus being like in downtown Boston. There's different ways we all talk in that Boston. I try to dial it back. I've practiced quite a bit at not not having the, you know, the the missing the R in my vocabulary. Okay, Dave, let's have some fun here because I'm from Wisconsin and and I worked very hard to uh, you know kind of clear out my Wisconsin accent for my day job in broadcasting, so I have to kind of keep it real non-regional dialect. Dave, let yourself go. Let's oh, just pretend man. for a moment 
that Dave Dillon is not the founder <laughs> and star of the Chase the Summit uh, YouTube channel. That you're just Dave in the yard uh, talking to the to the boys. Let that let that Boston sneak out for a second. Let me let me think of a good phrase. Okay, like. Yeah, dude, where did I park my car? You know? <laughs> that's where'd my car go? I forget my car keys. That's that's where it is. To which my Wisconsin <laughs> response would be, Oh, Dave, I don't know where you put your keys, eh? Did you lose them? I don't want to have to go walking all that way if you can't find your keys, Dave. So there we go. We both get to <laughs> slip back into our roots uh, for a minute here. So growing Nailed up it. in that suburb, were you an athlete as a kid or yeah, so it's it's funny. I was never athletic ever. I, I avoided uh, gym class. I didn't participate in sports at all. I was actually um, into like uh, the band scene. I played guitar, and I uh, I had uh, like an emo screamo band. Uh, it was named Shoe. Actually, it was the name of the band. And uh, yeah, we had our we had our own little uh, cult vibe going on in Barica where we'd play shows with other bands in the basement of a church or in the high school. And, uh, that's how, that's how it was growing up. I, I really, the most athletic I got was like, you know, BMX bike, like hitting jumps with a bike or rollerblading or those things. I didn't really get into like baseball or football or, you know, I'm a, I'm a small guy. So I didn't really, I didn't really fit into that. It's <laughs> your that band culture. guy. You were, you were a rock and roll band guy. Oh yeah, I have uh, I have like gauged ears, and I've got a lip ring hole and uh, an eyebrow ring hole that all came out when I got older. <laughs> so, so you you gauged you gauged your ears. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then at one point, did you go like, uh oh, maybe that wasn't the best choice? So yeah, little known fact, I, I work in mechanical engineering. That's my like profession. Yeah. And um, as I my career grew, and I'm in the cubicle life, I realized maybe it's not cool to have like a stainless steel horn sticking out of my ear. So I, I rethought my life choices and, and went ahead and removed them, hoping they would close back up, but they're still there. Okay. People, people at work do notice like, Hey man, did you, uh, did you pierce your ear at some point in your life? And yeah. So I, I mean, I've got the forearm tattoo and stuff too. So people, people know I'm not, you know, tighten, but tight button. Okay. Kind of, Either you're you're a guy who's had, who has a rock and roll past, or you're going through a midlife crisis. That's what they probably are, are thinking. It's one or the other: rock right, and roll past, the, midlife crisis, or a little of both. Could be a little. Of both. <laughs> so, so you don't grow up athletic. By the way, was the the shoe was the name of the band? It was it S H O E? Yes. Oh wow! To go yeah. from a rock band called Shoe to reviewing shoes, that's that's quite a what transition. A- yeah, what a change, right? Like people in high school must look me up now and be like, what the heck happened to that guy? <laughs> that was the Started, guy that was in shoe. He's running a hundred miles now. That's weird. It's crazy. <laughs> so you didn't grow up athletic. You're you're the rocks, you're the rock and roller, you know, playing those local gigs and you got those local groupies that think you're fantastic. when did when did running become a part of your life? Uh pretty late. I've only been running for um six years, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Where I guess I met my I, I met my wife, mm-hmm. and at the time I was smoking cigarettes and I drank, drank a bunch of booze and ate terribly. I basically had like an entire cheese pizza to myself every night. Yeah. Um, and at the time I was kind of like a gym, like a gym meathead guy. Like I enjoyed working out and, and lifting weights and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, I was like 200 pounds and where I sit right now is 150 pounds. So it was quite a bit more. And I realized one day, I think I went for like a little family hike with my, my dad and my sister. Um, and I could barely keep up. I was like huffing and puffing and my dad's much older than me, smoked cigarettes and he was beating me up the hill. So I think I turned a, turned a corner and I, I'll remember the day forever where I ordered a pair of running shoes off of Amazon. Yeah. I think it was. Um, and they showed up and my wife, I was dating her at the time. She just, she laughed at me. <laughs> She's like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to run and I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to try to get in shape. She's like, fine, you know, go for it. So I went out and I ran like one mile and I had to like uh, shuffle around for the following week because it destroyed me. Um, and then it just started, you know, I'm, I've got a really addictive personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look, look at my YouTube channel, right? Like right. one day I bought a Garmin and then I was like, oh man, I'm obsessed with this. I, right. I'm going to do this all the time and I'm going to film it. Yeah. And that's what happened. But at the time I was just like dabbling in running and then it just kind of took a hold of me. And I, you know, at the time I wasn't just a runner. I started to creep outside of that. Um, I was really into hiking at the time and that's kind of where the chase, the summit moniker came from. But, um, the hiking took over and then running turned into hiking more. And then I was just hiking like crazy. And then I saw somebody run by me while I was hiking. I was like, wait, that's a thing. I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So of course I Google it, you know, I bought all the gear and then that turned out to be really hard too. So it was like a rapid progression from there. I think it's kind of funny that your, your brain never connected the two, right? Like you like running, you like hiking, but the brain never said like, you could run where you hike, Dave. Right. And that's like yeah. guy ran by you that you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is a thing. Yeah, I was totally using running just to get better at hiking. And then I realized you can actually just do both, which is <laughs> great. <laughs> do you remember the model of the first shoes that you bought, Dave? I do. Uh, they were, I don't remember the model, but they were the cheapest Reebok running shoes you could buy on Amazon. I think they were $19.99 and they were bright red and they destroyed my feet. They were not designed for my feet at all, <laughs> but I, I ran in them until they were totally trashed. And then I, I bought a new pair. How many miles did you get out of those bad boys? I uh, could question. I, I didn't even have a GPS watch at the time, so I wouldn't even know. I remember planning the route in Google Maps just to find out how far a 5K was in my neighborhood. Yeah. So th- that's what I started with. And then I would run that loop all the time, knowing that's a 5K, but I didn't really know if it was a 5K. <laughs> right. You're just going by Google Maps. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's that's rather interesting. Um, so you, you you put the two together, right? You, you meld yeah. the, the hiking and the running when was your when did you discover that there were actually races and you weren't the only person in America that discovered this wonderful combination? Yeah, I wonder I, I'm trying to think of when that happened. Uh I feel like it's when I stumbled across I I feel like everyone says this, but you know, the ginger runner, Billy Yang, like yeah. those guys. I, I remember the ginger runner in his early days. I think I started watching him when he had like, you know, twenty or thirty thousand subscribers or whatever. Right. Um, and I actually messaged him on Facebook with a, with a question about a, a running vest I wanted to buy. Yeah. And, um, do you hear that right now? My kid's playing drums upstairs. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect timing. Well, what do I you expect? That, what I mean, I look his dad is. I hope that's not coming through. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I started watching him and he kind of, uh, you know, I was looking at gear. I didn't really know about the the trail running and like the, the whole culture behind it. Um, 
and and that's kind of where it went from there. I just started watching YouTube and, and Googling and um, I, I learned about FKTs because of the hiking. Yeah. Uh, so it just kind of collided. And then I found the, the Bible of everything was ultra sign up. I was like, wait, yeah. what is this? <laughs> and that, that, that really was like, Oh wow. People compete in this. This is incredible. Um, it's funny because without that website, you wonder like, what would we have to do before that? Like mail in stuff? Like, what, like, <laughs> like how, how the heck would we be able to even get all that stuff taken care of before ultra sign up kind of put it all in one place. And I always love to hear those stories, Dave, of, uh, people from the old school where you had to mail it in. Like you had to yeah. know, like you had to send a self-addressed staff stamped envelope to somebody and then they would send you like a paper entry fee or a, a paper entry form. And then you mailed your check and that entry form back. And that was the only way you could get into races. Wow. I, I wish there was, <laughs> I, I do wish there was some that still had that. And I think there are, there's some underground races that still have that paper sign up, but that wouldn't be kind of like the, the most punk rock trail runner thing <laughs> well, ever. The Barkley must still be that way, right? I mean, uh, if you can get in. I don't want to... You, you, you can never go too much into into Barkley top secret stuff because people get really upset oh, if oh, you mention yeah. anything. Right. Um, it's an email. Uh, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a paper entry. You have to send an email on a certain day to a certain email address. <laughs> I have the email address, by the way, what? but I'm never, I'm never entering that race. <laughs> I, know, I, I know that that's a waste of my time and Laz's uh, to enter that race. But you find Ultra Sign Up, all of a sudden you're like, this is, this is a huge world. Yeah, yeah, it was mind-blowing. What was the race so, that, 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 that kind of grabbed you for the first one? Yeah. Uh, the, so I don't know if you're familiar with the trail animals running club up here. No. Our, oh, okay. So like the local, the local crew up here is Tark or mm -hmm. trail animals running club. Okay. And they put on a bunch of like really low cost, amazing races. It's all like such a community vibe. The whole group is amazing. Um, so my local trails uh, are in the Middlesex Fells, which is like, I don't know, 15 minutes north of the city in Boston, which is weird because I'm actually further north than that. So I drive towards the city to to get to the good trails, which makes no sense <laughs> right, at all. Right. But um, there's like a 3000 acre uh, area there with some really gnarly, like real rugged East Coast trails. You got mm -hmm. the roots, you got granite, you got sharp edges everywhere, and it's just, it's just all eroded and there's no dirt. It's just, you know, it, it pounds the joints. It's brutal. So there's a particular trail there called the Skyline Trail. And I was running there just to to get better and, and uh, train for running up in the mountains in New Hampshire. Yeah. And uh, that's when I found out there's actually a race there on that loop um, that's a 50K or a 40 miler. And so I signed up for the 50K. I've actually got ultra sign up now because I have a really bad memory. <laughs> but yeah, so my first ultra was December 2nd, 2017. Okay. So I'm, I'm a relative newbie to the sport. Um, but that, that was like a game changer because I actually had a pretty good time. I, I think I overtrained because I was um, expecting it to be a lot harder. Yeah. So it was, I'm not saying it wasn't hard, man. I, I was struggling. I had never run that far, like training up to that. I think the furthest I went was like three loops on this course and, and this was four loops. So, uh, yeah, it was a game changer at that. At the end, I didn't realize how much you needed to walk, you know, that's right. Like, that was the hardest lesson. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Fells winter ultra in December and the other X factor there is in December, it can be like 10, 15 degrees around here. So I, I, 
didn't really know how to dress for that. It was a, it was a big learning experience on what gear to wear and, and layers and all that. What did you show up wearing? Was it just like a pair of shorts and a t-shirt? Yeah, I actually layered. So I was a hiker, so I knew winter hiking and that kind of led its way to running, but I didn't layer properly because I started the race wearing a pretty heavy, um, it wasn't like a puffy, but it was like a, a thick, what do they call them? Those Capilene, uh threes or whatever oh, okay, Patagonia yeah, makes. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty thick. Um, and then I had like tights and shorts over it because my legs never got cold. And then I had like two, two socks on each foot in my running shoe <laughs> and uh, it worked okay. But I realized I had, to, I had to peel off some layers on it once I started moving. And the more important thing was the gloves. That was, that was key. Did you, did you hear people laughing at you at the, at the start line for being a little overdressed? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was a cold, it was a cold day though. It was a cold day. And, and I'll tell you more about that later on, but this, I actually ran this a year ago. I try to run every year cause it's such a fun race, Yeah, but it actually, I actually got, um, I didn't prepare enough for this one. Like it was so cold. It was like 10 to 14 degrees in the morning and uh, my feet got so cold. It was like running with, you know, I didn't, I couldn't feel anything. And uh, oh, wow. thankfully, thankfully the race director actually gave me some hand warmers <laughs> and I shoved them in my shoes and that got me through the rest of the race. So that happens and people got to be passing you going, that's the chase, the summit guy. He has oh. no excuse for, for <laughs> messing this up. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know if my internet fame has hit that level yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the nice thing is, is I only do audio. So as long as I keep my mouth shut, no one really knows I'm there. You know, or use a different yeah. voice, like, oh, this is a great race. You know, I have to disguise my voice, nobody knows. But since you're you're in such the, the digital medium. It is weird. Yeah. I, yeah. I've I've run in, into a few people that recognize me um at races, but it doesn't happen that often. I mean, I, I've only got, you know, seventeen K subscribers. There's people out there like Ginger Runner, he's got two hundred plus thousand yeah i can't i can't even imagine being him and like trying to get into like western states or something right everybody would be like oh can i can't take a picture with you or whatever <laughs> you know i'm definitely not there so you know <laughs> i'm at a good place right now i think do, do people call you chase the summit guy uh man the worst thing about my channel is the name i gave it everyone calls me chase like they think <laughs> they think my name is chase <laughs> I'm Dave. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you've ever noticed in my review videos, I always say, Hey everybody, welcome back to Mitchell. I'm Dave from chase the summit at the beginning, trying to instill that I am in fact a Dave and not a chase. There are people <laughs> Dave that think that the summit family named their son chase the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I regret. I almost switched the name to just be my name, but uh, I actually, like made a public post about it in, on YouTube and overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly people preferred the name over my real name. So I'm like, all right, I'll just leave it the way it is. All right. So now Dave's going to go down to the DMV and legally change his name to Chase, <laughs> Chase T Summit. <laughs> hey, you know, there's an actual story behind the name. Okay. It wasn't just made up. Okay. So, well, let's, let's go with the story then. Do you want to, okay. do you want to spill the beans on the story behind the yeah. Chase the Summit name? Yeah. So it, it all, it all came up in my like transition from being the smoking, uh, pizza eating dude Mm -hmm. in in morphing into somewhat of an in shape middle of the pack kind of (laughs) guy. And and it was, it was actually more about at the time I had this big lofty goal to climb uh, Mount Rainier out in Washington. Mm -hmm. That was like, cause I was a hiker and I was like, that's the level I want to be at. I want to 
stand on top of the highest peak in, in the 48 and it, that would be amazing. So that's where the fitness, that's where I started running and I started quitting smoking and just trying to get my whole body in better shape so I could actually pursue that. Um, and in that process, I started my, my blog, which was just all written. And that wasn't even product reviews. It was more like my, my adventures and hiking and stuff. Yeah. And I named it Chase the Summit because it was I was chasing Mount Rainier. It was right. chasing the summit, trying to get to the peak of performance. And it meant something to me. So at now it feels kind of cheesy. And of course it is kind of cheesy now that I'm hearing myself say that, but uh, it, it meant something. And it actually like was a burning thing for me. It kept me going, you know, saying I, I'm going to hit that level, you know? I like it. You know, yeah. I, I had a little bit of uh, name uh, second thoughts on the podcast because when I when I launched it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. People are going to think, oh, it's a it's a catchy name, and and it's it's, it's funny. You know, people aren't, aren't going to take it too seriously. Um, but then I realized that there are some people, Dave, that really have an issue with the J word, <laughs> like hate it. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, if you go on trail and ultra running, the Facebook page. If you bring up the J word, that's like chucking a grenade into a room and then leaving. You know, I think, it, I, I think that's going to help your cause, though. It's a little controversial. It's a little edgy. You're putting yourself out there. Well, I saw one review where it was like, don't let the name fool you. <laughs> like implying that people would be like, ah, I don't jog. I'm it, not it is, listening to some jog podcast. It is a little ironic that you could have like an FKT setter on your podcast with the name Adventure Jogger. So, <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I launched it with Carl Meltzer. I figured if Carl's oh, okay with with being labeled Adventure Jogger, then then who would have a problem with it? But I I feel you. I feel you on the. On the maybe <laughs> I like I should... it, man. I'm putting my vote in. I really like it. It's okay. Great. It's well, great, we're gonna keep the name because I've I'm already too deep into the merchandise and all that stuff to change at this point. I've you know I've already changed podcasts. I can't do another podcast change. I don't know if people are gonna follow me to my third podcast i think I, I was lucky to get people to to follow me j just to one podcast so back to you because it's all about you dave uh, on this episode <laughs> you, you you do your first ultra race it goes well you like it and then at some point you're thinking okay I, i'm gonna launch a youtube channel where i review stuff how did you decide that you were going to launch this YouTube channel to review stuff. So this was kind of a social experiment for me. I'm a pretty introverted guy. I don't like uh, putting myself out there or even, I don't even like seeing myself on camera. Really? <laughs> so yeah, no, not at all. Um, so one day, you know, and I'm all about like pushing the boundaries of my own personal being. That's where ultras come in and everything else I've tried to do, ice climbing, everything yeah. uh, goes into like, just what am I capable of? How can I get past certain boundaries? Uh, so one day, I, it wasn't even about gear at the time. My first series of videos were actually just a episodes leading up to my first hundred miler. Mm -hmm. So it was like, um, training my day-to-day -day routine, what it's like having three kids being, you know, professional, uh, working in a professional atmosphere, and then also trying to train for an ultra at a hundred mile distance. Um, and that did okay. Got a few views. It was nothing crazy. Um, and then I, I did a series about ice climbing 
on the channel. And actually, if you dig back far enough on the channel, you'll find all these videos yeah. are still there. Um, and then eventually I bought a Garmin uh, Phoenix 6, I think it was, uh, was the first thing. Yeah. I put, I, and I was really passionate about tech because again, I'm in engineering and I, I like how things go together, how thing, all the sensors and everything kind of, it's what gets me going, you know? Yeah. So I had uh, a Phoenix six and I had a four hundred nine forty five I'm wearing right now. And I had them side by side and I was like, man, you don't see this on YouTube. No. I mean, you got like the DC rainmaker or, or Des fit of those guys. Yeah. You do a great job at it, but I feel like I come out of this like unique perspective being ultra runner, uh, also just kind of a normal dude. Like I'm not, I'm not a crazy athlete, um, and I, I'm I'm also spending real money on this stuff. So I'm looking at like value proposition and not just looking at spec sheets. And so I thought I could provide something of value at the time. And when that video hit, I got like three thousand views on the first day, and I was like what is this? <laughs> like, uh, what does that mean? Cause all my other videos, maybe a hundred, 200 views, like total ever right. in my whole lifetime. Right. This on the first day hit like 3000, 3,500 views. And I didn't even know what it meant. Like I was getting all these pings on my phone because at the time I still had YouTube emails turned on for every comment, which I turned off since then. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the time it was like, bling, 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 bling. My phone's just going crazy. Like all these people, um, commenting on my video and I, I was responding and I sat down and I was like trying to type really fast. And, uh, yeah, it all went from there. I just, I started, uh, a couple of brands reached out to me and offered me, uh, some, some gear. And I said, yes. And the, the ball started rolling from there. That kind of has to be cool when you come home from work and you've got a package from Garmin or Sunto or Koros yeah. or ultra shoes. And you're like, Ooh, what do I have today? <laughs> I tell you, man, the most exciting ones are like the ones you don't know what's inside, like what the what the next release is. Um, it's also very stressful, though, mind you, because there are a, a lot of people are like, man, that must be great. You just get free gear all the time. That's awesome. And it's yes and no. It is super exciting to get the gear. But there's a backside to that. You are kind of obligated to create content around this gear, right? Right. In, in like, in terms of like the Garmin Instinct, uh, the solar one, that showed up 24 hours before launch day, the day before. And I'm, I have a job, right? Yeah. I've got kids. Yeah. And I, I was like, how am I going to film? I, first of all, I got to run with it. I can't just film something and say I've been using it for a while. Right. So I, I don't lie in my videos. So I went for a run with it. I got the data out of it. I had a film, I had to edit all to have a video ready for 7 a.m. the next day. And that's like, that, that happens a lot. That happened with a couple of the polar watches. Um, of course is pretty good. They've, they've been pretty good with me, yeah. but uh, you know, the bigger brands, I, I guess when you're a smaller channel, relatively smaller, it's harder to get in the door. So you kind of get whatever they give you. Um, like, but, ah, yeah, make sure the ginger runner's got his stuff and uh, send that uh, chase T summit fella, whatever <laughs> we got left over. It's totally true though. Like those guys, I, you know, nothing against them. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for them and yeah. I, all ships rise with the tide. Right. 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 Like if, if everyone's doing well, that's amazing. Um, but it, it definitely helps if you've got a bigger, bigger share in the YouTube world. Um, but I, I think I've hit a point where I, I, I can get, 
some advanced things. It's just really exciting. I love to be able to wear a watch, although it is a little scary. Like if I film something else and I'm wearing the watch that I shouldn't be showing, people will notice that. <laughs> <laughs> like I filmed, I filmed the uh, one of the Garmin videos wearing the Polar Vantage V2 before it was released, and I was like, "Whoa, I gotta, I gotta refilm this because I can't show that on camera." Right? People would be like, "What's so, he wearing?" Yeah, exactly. You gotta be, you gotta be careful. Like even going to a race, if I wore that watch to a race and it wasn't released yet, people might might notice. I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> when when cars are testing a model and they don't want anybody to see quite what it looks like, they they camouflage it with patterns. Like they wrap it with a certain <laughs> pattern or they put boxes in places so you can't see all the curves. You, a good idea. You need like a sock or something <laughs> to put over things that you're training so nobody really knows what you're wearing. That's a good idea. I'll just get like an old sock and cut a hole in it so the display's <laughs> sticking out. Boy, I'll tell you what, things must not be going well for that Chase T Summit fella. He's wearing a sock around his wrist. I don't even know what's going on there. Um, I, I like the idea. Yeah, this is, you know, that's a free one, man. Just just take that. From the adventure jogger to Chase the Summit. Right, right to you. From me to you. Thanks, man. Have you ever gotten a piece of equipment that you were like, oh my god, I can't review this because it's so awful. I won't ask you to name it because that I don't want to. I don't want you to get in trouble. But is there anything that you were like, I don't know how I can film this? Yeah, and I'll I'll let you know what category it lands in. Um, so for whatever reason, every manufacturer on the planet who makes Bluetooth uh, earbuds mm -hmm. has started me sending me stuff, and I don't want to complain. It's cool. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. <laughs> But I have a literal like box, like a Tupperware container, just filled to the top with wireless earbuds of various different brands, different companies. But a lot of them come from overseas or like just very chintzy. So I have a lot of them that I could never recommend to anybody and they will never show up on my channel. And that's unfortunate. And I've gotten to the point now when they email me, I just say, listen, if I find it if it exceeds my expectations, I might film something on it. But I like I used to commit to things, mm -hmm. and then I learned if you commit, now it's you know these things take a lot. Like these videos can take ten hours between filming and editing and right. all that. You know, I'm sure you know doing a podcast. It's not just you know you don't just film it and you're done. It's there's a lot more to it. Or, right record it rather. right right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just it became not worth the hassle, and so I've got a lot of them that I I won't recommend. A like if someone said, hey man which earbuds should I buy? I'll say definitely buy Jaybird Vistas, but don't buy blank. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm just imagining now that in, in Dave Dillon's house, there is a, there's like a bowl, right? A Tupperware bowl that has earbuds in it. No, I, there it is right there. Oh, look at that. It's got watches in there too. Yeah. These are um, watches. Yeah. You got a Tupperware bowl. And when your kids are like, you know, you need some quiet time, like dad, my headphones don't work. Oh, just go over there and grab another set, honey. You know, like, <laughs> like, like the Dylan household never has to worry about kids bothering each other because you've got an endless supply of headphones and just, oh, they don't work. Don't Just don't recharge them. You can throw them away. Just throw That's, them away. It, it's funny you mentioned that because my seven-year-old is turning eight uh, in eight days, actually. Yeah. Uh, but he... he for his birthday or Christmas, I forget which one he asked, he wants Apple AirPods really bad. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's like the one 
It's like the one thing I don't have. <laughs> like you can't you can't pick from the bowl of of all these other things. <laughs> like come on, you're gonna make me spend two hundred bucks for your birthday. <laughs> I bet you that you have a whole lot of them that kind of look like them though. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. A lot of them try. <laughs> get, get them the Capel Air Tods, you know, <laughs> the, the, the knockoff brand. You can try and pass those off, but. I mean, I don't want to sound ungrateful because I, I hearing myself in the headphones, I feel like I sound ungrateful, but there, there's just so many of them. If you type in Bluetooth earbuds on Amazon, there's thousands of them. And like, mm-hmm. you can, you can only make that video so many times. Right, know? right. Exactly. So your recommendation for Bluetooth earbuds is the, is the Jaybirds? Oh yeah. I love them. I, I love the Jaybird Vistas. I also love uh, the Soundcore Liberty Spirit twos mm-hmm. and uh, the Empow M thirties. Okay. And those are, that's like 30 bucks, 50 bucks. And then the Jaybird Vistas, you'll, you'll, you'll see those all over like the trail and ultra running Facebook group. Mm-hmm. People are like, what headphones do you wear? And everyone says Jaybird Vistas. Cause they're kind of the go-to they're great. You know, they sound great, but I, they're missing that like transparency mode. So you can hear when cars are around you. I really like that feature. Okay. Um, I love when people put up the, uh, the, the headphones comment on trail and ultra running. It always, it's always starts off very innocent. It's like, Hey guys, looking at some wireless headphones, what would you recommend? And the first five comments are, Oh, you should use the AirPods or aftershocks or Jaybird, whatever. And then about the sixth comment you get, why would you use headphones? I listen to the rhythm of my feet and my breathing and nature. Why would you dare use headphones? And then a couple there's more a, comments. There's on. always that guy. <laughs> Who's just waiting. Like he's got alerts set for when that, that question goes up on, on Tar. He's like, oh, here we go. Cracks his knuckles and goes, it's time to get self-righteous. <laughs> do you get that yeah. on your page do people comment on that on your uh, all all the time yeah <laughs> all almost almost every day or the best ones are uh on the treadmill i have a couple of treadmill reviews yeah people would be like just go outside man <laughs> it's free i'm like yeah but in january in new england it's minus 15 i'm gonna go on my treadmill <laughs> it'll at least get me to run <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell that Dave Dillon guy, get off his treadmill. I'm going to tell him in the comment section of his YouTube page, make him feel bad for wanting to run on a treadmill. Um, I wonder if anybody has actually read one of those comments and like chucked their earbuds out and said, fine, I'll just listen to my breathing and the rhythm of nature. I'm tired of these damn comments. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I only wear them when I road run. I, I like to, I don't wear them when I trail run. Because but, you like the, is it the rhythm of your feet, the the sound of nature, it's your just, heart? It's it's the sound of nature. No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like, um, especially with ultras at night, having yeah. headphones on, you uh, you feel a little weird, like closed off to the outside world. Yeah. Like, I want to know if something's coming up behind me or like, you know, whatever. I, I need to hear the world around me. For me, I, I always look at those comments and I go, hey, shut up, man. That's my bread and butter. <laughs> if people aren't listening to something when they're running, when, when are they going to listen to me? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's totally true. It is. Yeah. That'd be like, Although, some- I'll, I'll tell you today, I was working right here and I listened to like, four or five year episodes in in a row. So yeah. 
damn, you are probably tired of my voice right now. You're like, God, will this guy <laughs> shut up? <laughs> in the background, in the background. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's go to the, the money here. Um, the watches. Yeah, of Because course. we are living in the GPS watch golden age right now. And you so are, you're getting boxes on your doorstep every day. New watches are coming out. And the unboxing alone, I mean, there's some real sexy ways to get a watch nowadays. It used to just be you got this box that you couldn't open. So you had to like rip it open and there's the watch in there. But they've really, now you've got a box inside of a box inside of a box and they feel a certain way when you pull one box out of the other box. And so watches, is that your favorite thing to review? Yes and no, because they... They are, so they're like my favorite piece of tech fitness gear, mm-hmm. but they are so, and as the years progress, they're so complex that touching on every little feature and every little nuance in like a Garmin Phoenix or um, a Forerunner, there's just so much to unload there that trying to achieve that in like a 20 minute YouTube video is next to impossible. So again, I try to cover it from like the perspective of a runner, but then inherently, I get 50 comments saying, Hey, what about swimming? You know, what about skydiving or whatever? I'm like, you know, I can only do so much. So there it's just like overwhelming. It's, I try to like plot things out in, in, you know, things, data I want to see things I find important, what, you know, hopefully other people find important. And I try to talk about that stuff and not really get into the weeds too much. But like I said, they're just so complicated now that it's so hard to just (laughs) make a video about and, you know, do it well. Please don't give Dave a thumbs down on YouTube because he didn't skydive <laughs> with his Phoenix. <laughs> don't, don't, be, don't be that person. I, I might do it. I might do it now. People are asking for it. <laughs> he don't want that thumbs down. He needs those thumbs up, everybody. Um, are we kind of in a time now where GPS watches are maybe too complex and there's just too much stuff on them? So, yeah, I, you know, I see that. I see a lot of comments like that, too, like, I don't need all this crap. Like I don't need music on my watch and Wi-Fi and all this. But the thing is, there's something for everybody right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you just had, uh, I think Dan from Coruscant yeah. a couple episodes yep. ago, right? Um, and they make fantastic trail running watches because of how simple and easy to use they are. They're not overly complicated. There's not a ton of features or buttons or widgets or any of that stuff. You can't download more stuff from an app store and install it. They just work. You take it out of the box, you scan the barcode with your phone, click go, and you're off on a run, yeah. right? That's what I like about them. And I hope I hope they don't change because I feel like the market is asking them to change. Like right. everybody, everybody's striving to be the Apple Watch. And I just don't think our for us, for me and you, people who run on trails, we don't need all that. You know, like I've got every watch. I've got an Apple watch right here and I'm still wearing a Garmin right? <laughs> because of because of the battery life, the simplicity, things just work on it. I don't want to have to worry about it. So I think there's still a place for, you know, you've got, you've got Coros being super simple. You've got Polar being a little bit more complex. You've got Garmin being super crazy complex. And then you've got like the Google Wear and Apple watches that are just over the top. You can make phone calls on them and voice chat and video call. Like it's just a little bit crazy. Right. <laughs> Is there an option? What, what is the one thing option-wise that a, that a uh, watch has that you think is probably the most ridiculous item on a watch for running? Um, it would probably go to the Apple Watch for like 
you can get uh, full like photo text messages on the like while you're running. Yeah. So somebody can like send you a selfie and you can look down and instead of seeing your mileage, you're going to see someone's face on your watch, <laughs> which I, you know, I, I feel like you should be able to disable that during activities or something. Well, well don't you, well, Dave, maybe your wife wants to send you a, a picture like she's rooting for you or something. <laughs> I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. No, no, no. <laughs> Family show. No. Okay. What, what uh, feature on a watch did you think was going to be stupid? But then you're like, oh, okay, I kind of like this. Uh, the music, yeah, on the Garmin stuff, like being able to put Spotify podcasts and music right on your wrist. I didn't think like I was. Always, I'm just bring. I'll bring my phone and I'll mm. I'll listen to it through there. But there's something liberating about you know. I don't take it for long runs because it kills the battery. But right. for a 5K, you know, 10K around the neighborhood, I can just go with my earbuds and leave my phone. And it's kind of nice not having all that weight on me. So that was kind of a surprising feature because I didn't think I'd use it. I still don't use it a ton, but I I use it occasionally. And then the other thing, uh, the offline maps on the Mm -hmm. Garmin's is just for ultra runners. My goodness, is that a game changer? (laughs) That changes everything on really hard courses. Yeah. We we can get lost. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. On that music thing, it is it is kind of nice, and especially with phones continuing to get bigger. I mean, there was yeah. a time when you had the little flippies, and the flip phone you could stick right in your in your you know the, the lining of your running shorts, and you would just kind of slap around with the old manliness. And but then as they kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, like if you don't have the most recent running shorts, you aren't fitting an iPhone twelve in the back pocket of your running yeah. shorts from five years ago. Honestly, that's been a, str- a huge struggle. I bought the the Samsung Galaxy S20 Plus, I think it was. Yeah. 6.7 inch display. And I didn't think about that. And then I, I started running with it and I'm like, where the heck am I going to put this thing? I didn't want to use a silly armband that, right. you know, that everyone um, starting out <laughs> wears basically. <laughs> and so I ended up finding some, REI shorts that had a big enough pocket in the back. Um, and just recently I picked up a uh, path project shorts. They actually sent me a little demo box Oh, and those are awesome. There's like a giant pocket in the back so I can fit my, you know, iPhone 12 in there pretty easily. What was awesome. the name of that brand of shorts? Uh, path projects, path project shorts. They're like, you know what? We need a bigger pocket yeah. in the back for those phones. And, but then you've got that thing slapping against the top of your ass. It's actually, it's actually not that bad. Like it rides in a spot where it's not, there's not that much motion. It's like in the small of your back almost. Okay. So you're not hearing the thud, thud, thud against the old cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Where do you want to see watchmakers take their devices in the future? There's uh, a lot of rumors out there. Uh, You know, Garmin is rumored to have an LTE watch coming where It'll be like an Apple Watch with cellular uh, activated, so you won't be able to. You won't have to bring your phone everywhere you go. Yeah, that's been rumored for a couple of years, so I think that'd be really exciting to see. And um, I don't know when this is going to air, but I'm actually having uh, Ray from DC Rainmaker on my live stream tomorrow night. Oh, cool! Which is uh, October 29th, and I'm going to have this exact discussion. Now I got to release this the 30th. <laughs> So I'm going to have this exact discussion with him because I want to know, uh, you know, what he thinks about this. But I think the progression we're going to see is maybe something that we don't like because there's so much emphasis on 
those bright OLED displays in the Apple mm-hmm. Watch yeah. or like the Go- the Google Watches that are coming out. Um, and that really smart functionality like Google Wear OS and Apple Watch have. Um, and I feel like the, the fitness brands are feeling like they're falling behind a little bit. And I bet we're going to start seeing like a Garmin Phoenix or a Coros Apex Pro or something like really high end, but with that bright display and it's going to crush the battery life and it's going to kill the functionality for people like us. <laughs> well, yeah. You think, Dave, it's kind of, if we wanted an Apple Watch, you'd buy an Apple Watch and it's a different, it's two different customers. And, and totally. the, the Apple Watch appeals to a much larger base of, of wearer than a Coros Apex or a Garmin Phoenix. Those are highly specialized devices. And I don't think the person who's going to buy an Apple Watch is going to go, oh, did you hear about this Garmin Phoenix? It sure looks sharp like like you're not going to compete. Why would you try to occupy the same space when that's not really what people want from your... That's like putting four-wheel drive or like tank treads on a sports car. Well, people yeah, to- like tank treads. I, why do why we put them on a sports car? Well, because that's not it's, what you want from that. It's totally true. But I think from Garmin's perspective, they see Apple Watch has the largest market share of fitness wearables right now. Right. And in order to change that, maybe it won't be a Phoenix, but it might be a Venue. or Because they just released a Venue SQ that's a square watch that is literally a clone of an Apple Watch. Really? I mean, if, you, if you held them side by side... You'd be hard pressed to notice a difference between the two, including a really bright display. So they're dabbling, they're getting into it a little bit. And I think the first company to, to uh, innovate a way to have good battery life and that really nice display and it still be functional, they're gonna they're gonna strike gold because everyone's gonna buy one. As long as it's not a thousand dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. If it's a reasonable price. Speaking of yeah. unreasonable, um, the, the solar trend. It doesn't. I, I was looking into that, and it's it's a nice gimmick, but it doesn't seem like it's worth the, the the you don't get the return out of what you're spending because you're really not getting that much battery return from the sun. Well, you've you've reviewed those. What are your thoughts on the new trend of solar watch faces to charge the battery while you're running? Yeah, in short, I hope that's not the next big wave of what everyone tries to do, like like Coros and and Sunto and everybody. I you know th- there is a function to it; it does work. Um, but in order for it to work, you literally just need to be in the desert <laughs> with blaring hot sunlight over you. So this is for and comrades only. You're saying this, this is, is only a watch for comrades. This is for uh, bad bad water one thirty five <laughs> runners only. That's that's basically the only only ultra runner that'll benefit from this. Um, it, but it does work, and and it does provide a function for like hikers. Mm-hmm. I think people who backpack, you know, yeah. you might be able to throw it on top of your tent and get get a few extra hours out of it. Um, but I do appreciate that said. I do appreciate a brand trying to push the boundary of innovation because it, it did get a little bit stale. I mean. Garmin was the first really to, to come out with all these. The, the original Phoenix was my first GPS watch. Yeah. Um, and that thing was so cool. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's take a minute to appreciate the original Phoenix. That had 60 hours of GPS battery life. 60. Oh, yeah, because it was a hiker's watch. They <laughs> yeah. built that for hikers. And then yeah. when Ultra Runners started buying it, the, the folks at Garmin, you know, Daniel T. Garmin, was like... <laughs> Guys, I've seen a huge spike in sales for this Phoenix. I had no idea there were so many hikers. Sir, 
ultra runners are buying them. <laughs> Who are they? What is that? <laughs> it's just so funny that that one had 60 hours and then they came out with the Phoenix three a couple of years later that had 18 hours of battery life. And I mean, we've gotten better from there, but yeah, know, some I, I board de- meeting where they're like, yeah, you know, yeah, ultra runners don't want that battery life. <laughs> Why would anyone want to run longer than 18 hours? I don't know. Just get that battery life down to 18 hours. That's all we need. Don't put those big batteries in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that's, they, they definitely grew from there, but on the solar front, uh, yeah, I don't know where it's going. I, it would be cool if they could actually get it to a place where it would provide a lot of value to a normal person, somebody yeah. who gets maybe like three or four hours of sunlight, direct sunlight a day. Um, and if that could get you going and, and like keep you charged indefinitely forever and you never had to charge your watch, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, that might that might be the, the way they need to go eventually, but I, we're not there yet. If I'm paying $1,000 for a watch with a solar panel on it, it's got to do that. It's got to yeah. do that. What you said, you know, four hours of sunlight a day. I never have to charge this thing. But yeah. if it means if I'm wearing the watch all day and I get 2% battery back, you know, it's like, eh, that's okay. I'll, I'll spend $350 on a watch and, and just charge it every, every two or three weeks. Five favorite GPS watches out of all that you've reviewed. I said five because I didn't want to pin you down with their favorite because then you're going to make people mad. This is the way you could be Switzerland, Dave. And not I'll, give, have to... I'll, I'll give you my favorite right off the bat. Okay. How about that? All right. You're, you're, this is your absolute favorite? Yeah, my absolute favorite. And, and for me, ready? Okay. For me. All right. Because people, I get this comment all the time. What's better, the Phoenix 6 or the Coros Vertex? Mm-hmm. And like, without the context of the sports you do, um, and what, what kind of features you value, I can't tell you what's better. You know, I can only share my opinion on what I think is better and what I like. So for what I wear every day, I wear the, the Garmin 400 945. Okay. And it's weird because I wore the Phoenix six for about a year. And I love that watch. It has like a place in my heart. There's so much craftsmanship and it's like all metal and you feel like you, you actually got something for your money. Yeah. Whereas the 945 is just a plastic little chunk and it costs 600 bucks. Right. Right. <laughs> So you don't feel like you got a lot of value here, but the 945 has almost all the features in the Phoenix six in a plastic body that weighs less. And the weight is what drove me here because it's so much lighter. Call me a baby. I don't like heavy watches. This, you know, I barely notice it's there. You see, I love heavy watches. I, I, <laughs> I like to have, like, I like to, I like to feel the money I've spent like keeping one arm down, you know, but like, even, <laughs> but even when you're like running and you're like, Oh, yeah. this thing is yeah. flopping no, around. And, and I kind of regret not getting the vertex and getting the apex. Cause I was like, eh, the vertex is like 200 bucks more, but it probably weighs like three pounds. And I, <laughs> you know, and so I kind of yeah. regret not, not buying the heavier watch, but yes, the, it is kind of light. It's, it is nice to have a watch on that. You, you don't really feel yeah, I think I was in your camp for a long time because I really liked the Phoenix and the way it felt. Mm-hmm. But then after like testing so many different watches and feeling all how they all ride, yeah, <laughs> I, I put the I put the nine forty five back on like a year later. It's been sitting in a box over here, and I was like, "Wow, I really I really like this, and I I like the muted color. It's not flashy. I could throw a you know a bright band on it or whatever. Yeah. I want to dress it up a little bit." It's just, you know, it does the work. It'll last a long time. It's got great battery life. Maybe when we're younger men, Dave, maybe <laughs> we like the heavy watch because it says, like, I've made it. Uh, that's what older guys do, too, right? You get the Rolex, the Rolex yeah. with the sapphire lens that weighs three pounds. Right. So I think 
when you're younger, you have like this, oh, I made it. My watch is so heavy. Look at how much bigger my <laughs> left arm is than my right arm. And then, and then as you move into comfortable middle age, you're like, I just want something light. I got to get these arms back to the same size or else yeah, people exactly. are going to think things about me. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you're old, Dave. This is when we'll know. You, you can just send me a message and go, I'm back to old. I'm back to heavy watches. I must be old. <laughs> and that's how you know. And you're like, I want a heavy watch because you're like, oh, heavy watch. I've put in some good time. You know, I'm a successful man. My watch. Now I'm going to get that left arm back up bigger than the right one. To be fair, though, I typically run like all my training runs wearing more than one watch. You do. So that's that's where weight comes into play. Okay. If you've got four watches on, <laughs> they can't be heavy. <laughs> people think you like people think you're some sort of flim flam artist when you're running by <laughs> with multiple watches on, like you're going to sell them to them. Like, yeah. Hello, I I got some nice watches for you. You want a Garmin? You want a Sunto? You want a what do you want? A Coros? I got them right here on my wrist. Sometimes it takes longer to set up for the run than it does to actually do the run. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got to get all of them synced. You got to put the sensors on, put the stride pod on your shoe, the OH1 oh. arm strap, the power sensor around the waist. There's just, just a lot going on there. We all know that one person who takes forever to get their signal for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, usually they're late to the group run and they're walking around with their wrist held to the sky, hoping that the, the two feet higher is going to somehow make it sink faster. Like this is going to be the difference right here. And then it takes them forever. You are that person times 10. Yeah, I am. I, you know what? Though? I'm proud of it. I'm proud to be that guy. <laughs> I'll do I'll do it so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for taking one for the team, Dave. <laughs> really appreciate you doing it just for us. Um, shoes. I know you're kind of dipping into the shoe world now and and yep. um the shoes have been interesting. I'll tell you what. I am still mad that the greatest trail running shoe ever made is no longer available. And how someone didn't pick that up and run with it. I am this floored. The Pearl Izumi Trail N2. Why in the hell did they stop making that shoe? <laughs> well, didn't they aren't they primarily like a cycling company? They Isn't are now. Like they were they were all in on trail running and they released these beautiful shoes, the trail N2s and the N3s and the M2s and the M3s. Great grip. It was so funny because you would see guys at races that were running for the North Face and they would rip they would take Perlazumi Trail N twos and they'd rip the logos off and they'd run races in those. <laughs> wow. Because it was just such a really, really good shoe. And then Perlazumi, I don't know if it was some, you know, the owner's nephew that was like, ah, trail running stupid. We got to go all in on this cycling. They're like, okay, trail's done. We're not making the shoe anymore. And they went all in on cycling. But there has been so I'll tell you what, there's been some really nice shoes as of late. But I'll always have a special place in my heart for those Pearl Izumi Trail N twos. But what what do you like? Yeah, you know I'm, I don't diversify enough in shoes, and it's probably because they're expensive and no one gives them to me. So <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't gotten I haven't gotten that far in my YouTube career yet. I guess. Uh, so I've I really stick to uh, ultras. I've yeah. been an ultra runner since the beginning. My road shoes are ultras. My 
I think I have uh I think I have like five pairs of Ultra Lone Peak. Um Did you hear that, three... Golden Harper? Did you hear that? Attention Golden. <laughs> Dave's got five I, pairs. I, I got five pairs and I hate to I hate to throw them away. So I, I like retire I retire them to like if I paint the room, I'll wear the that pair. And if I do yard work, I'll wear that pair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't like throwing shoes away. My wife gets so mad at me because I've got this mountain of shoes in the corner of my office here. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Ultra Lone Peak uh, 4.5s I'm wearing right now. And then road running, I wear the um, the Torin 4.0 plush, I yeah. think it's called. Yeah. Um, and I also have the Escalante, which I really like. So basically all ultras but before i ran in ultras i wore um la sportiva of all brands oh um, and it's weird because those are really narrow shoes and then yeah. ultras are so wide right and actually i found that they were too narrow for me over time and i ended up going ultra but i haven't really dabbled in much else and if you know if any other brands want to send me some i'd be happy to try them out <laughs> that's dave dylan chase the summit <laughs> find him on his on his youtube page and send him those free shoes i i really like uh, a little bit about me. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm incredibly loyal, and I'm one of those guys where if you're nice to me once or twice, you're my best friend, and I have to yeah. support my, my my friend. Like I've interviewed Carl Meltzer four times um, between the the two podcasts, and I've 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 chatted with him at a bar once before race, and yeah, I've, I've, I've spent some time with his wife at an aid station, and so I've got very limited, you know, time with him. But in my mind, we're the best of friends. And if I was in Salt Lake, I'd be like, wait, Carl, it's your old buddy Pluckelman. Let's go hang out. But in reality, he'd be like, he wouldn't answer the phone. But in my mind, I've built it up as, as we're, 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 we're buddies, right? And so I wear uh, the, the, the Speed Goats, and I have to tell everybody who's not a runner when I do wear them, like, you know, I know the guy who these are named for, right? <laughs> There's a friend of mine. His name's Carl Meltzer. This is his special shoe. <laughs> yeah, those are those are great shoes. I I want to try those. Um, I just haven't gotten. I haven't you know given them a shot yet. If you do, you won't be short anymore. I know you said earlier on in the podcast Ooh. you said you're short. You yeah. wear those bad boys. You're going to be able to get into on any ride at the carnival that you want to. Sold. I'm buying some tonight. <laughs> so I've noticed you are um, branching out into more uh, video interviews as well. When did what made you decide to to sneak into that world? Well, I, I started doing some of the live shows just by myself, mm -hmm. um, and honestly, it is the funnest experience ever. It is in, it's insanely nerve wracking to be on YouTube Live. And then look at the numbers and see like 300 people are watching you right now. Yeah, <laughs> it was like yeah. ter terribly frightening. And like I said, I'm not that outgoing. I'm not very, you know, I'm not really great in front of a camera. And you'll notice that my videos, because they're crazy edited, like choo -choo -choo -choo, yeah. they're just cut up like crazy. Um, but I don't know. I The first time I went on YouTube Live, I put myself out there and people started chatting. And I just, it's like having a conversation with all these people from all over the world. And it, it was just really interesting and it, it really excited me. And that first stream, I was on the air for like two hours because I couldn't stop. Yeah. It was just so fun to just talk to people in real time and actually like be able to interact with people one-on-one. -on -one. 
So that went on um, for a while and I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Ryan Clayton. He's another YouTube mm-hmm. guy. We talk all the time. Yeah. Um, and he started doing some interview things and that got me thinking that, that sounds kind of fun. So I actually went on his show a couple of times. Um, I'm planning on having him on my show. Yeah. We haven't gotten there yet, but I, I, the interaction of like having a guest and being able to talk in the chat and bringing that all together, it feels like you're, you're producing like a real TV show, you know, yeah, yeah. really, uh, it's very immersive and exciting. Not only I think for the viewers because they're, they're visiting, but also for me, like I really have a great time doing it. So I'm just really excited because I've, I've been cold calling everybody on, you know, all the bigger names out there. Um, you know, I've sent an email to Ethan, uh, Newberry and, and Billy Yang, yeah. and, you know, hoping for a re- response and a few people have gotten back to me. So actually I have a schedule. I'm starting to book out a little bit. Um, I'm going to try to do weekly interviews and maybe, maybe more just with me and then interviews. Um, but yeah, it's a ton of fun. Uh, and it's kind of opened a lot of communication with other creators, which is really interesting to me too. I always like it's, it's I find it really easy to book like just runners who are doing really cool things or runners that I see a lot of races and just seem like a really fun personality. And it's always cool to reach out to those. But for whatever reason, when I reach out to one of the big names, I always feel like, how do I send this email without sounding like a complete idiot? (laughs) Hey, uh, I have a podcast called The Adventure Jogger. Uh, (laughs) I'd love to to have you on. And most of the time, you can see when people see something and they they kind of ignore it. Um, I need to to probably lie to them and say it's called something else. Yeah. Say you're from like ABC or NBC. (laughs) ESPN. ESPN. Hey, I'm from ESPN. (laughs) Do you want to come on? (laughs) And then they'll 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 join your Zoom session and be like, "Wait, this doesn't look like ABC." (laughs) (laughs) He's in the living room, right? Right. right. He's like, "Where's Chris Berman? (laughs) This is not the ESPN offices. This guy's this guy's so full of crap." Have you gotten a response from someone you really have wanted to talk to? And they get, yeah, they got back uh, to you. Yeah. I think I mentioned it earlier, a DC rainmaker rainmaker yeah. uh, got back to me pretty quickly. Um, and you know, he's, he's like the king of GPS watch but reviews, he's, but he's, he's online, like in blog form. So he's yeah. really, he's not, I mean, he's not someone like DC rainmaker. Everybody listening to this right now could be right next to you, no matter where <laughs> you are. You'd have no idea because he's just, he lives in that blog space well his youtube channel is is growing quite a bit he's got two hundred thousand plus subscribers on there now um and he gets quite a bit of views so i think he's got a face to the to the name he's put it to that yeah yeah you can tell i haven't watched many of his videos but i've read his reviews online and and uh, that's kind of where i I know dc rainmaker from just that the the blog world that he was living in yeah I'm, i'm super excited because again like when i first bought my first Garmin. I, he was like the blog I went to to read about it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be uh, pretty, pretty, uh, humbled <laughs> to, be, fan, to be, be fanboying. Like, yeah, remember, yeah. Was it that SNL skit where Chris Farley would do the Chris Farley show where he would interview big celebrities and all of his questions were like, <laughs> Hey, uh, remember when you were in that one movie and you said <laughs> oh, yeah, that one right. thing? That was pretty cool. <laughs> like, 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 here's Dave's first question for DC Rainmaker. Remember that time you you reviewed the Garmin Phoenix too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. <laughs> 
Do you remember that time I commented on one of your blog posts <laughs> five, five years ago? <laughs> no, Probably no, not. no, Dave, I don't. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> but you know what? We, we had like a little test stream to test the connection because he's around the world. He's in Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and it actually went really well. We chatted for like, uh, you know, half an hour and he, he's a pretty normal dude. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about tomorrow to have him on. Okay. So when this is released, that'll be yesterday. So you'll be able oh. to go on to uh, Chase the Summit's YouTube page and see that video when you're yes, done sir. listening to this. Awesome. Easy enough. Dave <laughs> Dillon, Chase the Summit. This has been a great talk, man. A lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 